Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Now that we're done with the 10-step execution series that wrapped up last week, I'm super excited to introduce you to some really neat guests for the rest of the season. And to kick it off, today's interview is with one of our contributors for the Firetime Magazine named Edmund Poplowski. So I don't know when I first met Edmund. I guess me and Edmund have never met face-to-face. We've met, we met you know, during the the covid craziness so it's all been digital and via zoom calls but i think we first connected back in early 2020 right around the time where there were you know government shutdowns all over the place and and people were really trying to figure out what to do and we met on the firetime network speakeasy calls that were happening and as i've gotten to talk with him a little bit this is somebody that really understands sales and today's conversation is inspired by an article that he wrote for the Firetime Magazine. And it's an article with a really simple title. It's, Would You Buy From You? And this is something that I I think is just, it's such a good question to ask. It's a question that I try to ask frequently of the companies that I've worked for. And and now that I own my own businesses, I ask it of our companies, right? We we talk about this. When we we look at, let's take Wi-Fi, for instance. How easy do we make this for a potential customer to end up buying this from us. In the way that we communicate, in the way that our website is laid out, is it something that's clear and simple? Do we come across as professional and gracious? Or, you know, are we difficult to buy from? We do the same thing with the Firetime magazine, with with the blitz trips that Grant and I do, and even as we look at launching the Firetime workshop coming up here in 2022, we want to ask this question, would you buy from you? Now, A few years ago, when I was managing retail stores out here in the Pacific Northwest, this is something that I had to take a a really hard look in the mirror at and think about. When When I first came out to Portland, I used to live in a small town called Corvallis in Oregon. When I moved up to to Portland and, and got my own showroom, I had to ask this question. It was really tough because our showroom was next to the train tracks and and it was not protected like i I literally called 911 because i saw cars get hit by trains and our showroom was in a really sketchy looking parking lot it looked like a meth lab was in there and so we knew that when customers came in it was difficult to find it was difficult to make the turn to brave across the unprotected railroad tracks and park there so we knew that those were factors working against us and so once they got into the parking lot, it had to look professional. When they when they saw our showroom, it had to be super clear where we were. It had to look very high end, and we had to be an oasis in the desert. And you know, by asking that question, would you buy from us? It 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 kind of made me reckon with the fact that I, I couldn't change our location. That 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 was what it was. But what we could do is we could take control of the factors that we had influence over. And so that question of would you buy from you is something that, you know, I was just inspired by it. And it has really prompted a lot of the the thoughts and ideas that have even become this podcast and the idea of Wi-Fi. Like, for instance, you know, 
a long time ago, I was going out to do estimates and thinking like, I am making this so hard for customers. I'm making them wait a week and a half. Then I'm showing up to their house. I'm writing down a million part numbers and I'm presenting them a bid that it, it, even when you look at it, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, would I buy from me in that experience? And, and that force is really healthy change. And, and, even if you even if you don't end up changing your behavior because maybe you 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 would say that yeah I, I would buy from us it can reinforce why you do the things that you do so all that to say this conversation is one that is really really cool and i'm i'm just going to jump out of the way and let you listen to it but i definitely have some thoughts to share at the end so we'll circle back once this is over Joining me from Nicholson, Pennsylvania, is an independent manufacturer's rep for Cozy Heat. I'm joined today by Edmund Poplowski. Edmund, how you doing? Great today, Tim. How you doing? Good. Thanks a ton for being on the show. I'm, I'm really excited about this. As we're moving through our series where we, where we interview the rest of the contributors team for the Firetime Magazine, I was really excited to have your episode coming up just as we've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last year and as I've been able to read your writing and, and your interviews, uh, I've just been really excited about what you bring to the table. Well, thanks. I, I try to contribute something to uh, that's, that's interesting and also something that is educational uh, every time I, I do an article or an interview. Yeah, well, I want to I want to talk specifically about an article that you recently wrote. But before we do that, can you give us a little bit of background as to what you do in the industry and and how you got into it? Okay, so Tim, I've been in sales. Uh, it, it sounds like a long time. I've been in sales almost thirty years, and I started off many years ago in, in a food service sales, and was with that company for a long time. Company grew. Started with uh, just family owned, was sold out multiple times. And finally, there just came to a point where uh, I needed to move on. And I started uh, inventing. So I started doing venting, did that for many, many years. And I dealt with both service and hearth. And just the hearth part always intrigued me a lot. Uh, the products, the units, the people. So I naturally transitioned into that. And I've been doing that for quite a few years now and just transitioned myself to one of the, what I believe one of the best manufacturers uh, in the industry. And that's cozy heat fireplaces. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, we, we've talked a little bit with some of the dealers that you work with and I know that they really appreciate you. What I want to hit here, and I love having sales reps on the podcast because you have a perspective like regionally that a lot of others don't, right? A manufacturer might holistically look at something across the nation. A local dealer might see something in their exact city, but sales reps have an inside into regions. And I think that that's super powerful because you see a lot of different geographies, you know, high population areas, low prop population areas, good dealers, bad dealers, everything in between. And I think that you have a perspective that is really, really useful in kind of putting together like what are the best practices in the industry. One of the things that I wanted to hit really hard today, and we can we can take the conversation in a lot of different directions, but I wanted to start out by talking about an article that you wrote a couple months ago for the Firetime magazine called Would You Buy From You? And I thought that that was really, really good. You know, one of one of the things in my journey has been as a retailer trying to see things from the customer's perspective and asking those questions of like, is it hard to buy from us? Is it easy to buy from us? You know, how do we, how do we see our showroom? And because oh, we get into this 
tunnel vision of being stuck in the day to day. I'm just trying to get to the next install. I'm just, you know, this person called in sick. What am I going to do? And we don't often think about this from the customer's perspective. And, and I love that your article highlighted it. I, I guess I'd just like to tee you up there on this idea of would you buy from you? And then we can jump into some of the specifics of the article. It, it was an article I really wanted to do because it's, it's things that I see every day. And it, it's it's partially coming from my own uh, things that I ever I do every day. As a sales rep, we drive a lot. And I always remember a particular highway that I used to drive a lot for multiple hours. So if I was going from one region to the other, I, I might drive it for four to five hours on that one specific highway. And I remember thinking about it at one time saying, how did I get from this point to this point? Like, like just there's a total blank in, in my mind of, of that portion of, of driving. And it's because my mind was working on other things. And that was something I do all the time. So I just didn't notice. I just went through the motions, basically. I didn't notice a lot of things on the road. I didn't notice how it was driving. I just was, when I thought about it, I was at point A. And when I thought about it again, I was at point B. So that got me to think about, wow, how much do I miss in my normal day, uh, just myself? And it always took me to the point of taking a step back and kind of like looking from the outside in. Yeah. And I applied that same concept to my dealers, knowing how busy they are. Uh, you know, what they go through, the, 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 just the amount of things they have to deal with every day. There's a lot of things that you just don't notice. And I figured if I can actually write an article that gets them to stop, think, take a step back and look from the outside in, I think it would open up a whole new perspective. The conversation is so good because, you know, I think that Sometimes a default answer can be, well, yes, of course I'd buy from me because we know our intentions and we know all the things behind the scenes that we're doing, but the customer doesn't, right? Like, what if I didn't know anything about my intentions? What if I, what if I only knew what was on the internet? What if I only knew what I saw when I walked into the showroom? Would I, would I buy from my company? And what we're finding in today's world is that increasingly people don't have to buy from us, whether we like it or not. There's a ton of our products that are sold online. There's a lot of different retailers out there. People can, you know, in most cases, find a way to buy one of our products without using our company. And so this is a, this is a a big question to ask. And, you know, this idea that we judge ourselves by our intentions but customers judge us by other criteria is something that's worth thinking about. It's true, Tim. If we get the customers to buy from us, it doesn't matter what we sell. I mean, we could be selling widgets uh, uh, and they'll buy it because they're buying from us. They're not buying what we have or what we sell. They're actually buying from us. And that's the ultimate goal. Because when that customer comes in and they're looking for a specific product, they also want to know that, hey, why am I dealing with this person? Do they know what they're talking about? Do they have what I want? Do they understand me? Um, you know, how do they, how have they done with other people? Uh, you know, what's other people's experience? You kind of put that all together and, yeah. and in sales, especially we get so used to doing the same thing all the time. Uh, we don't realize sometimes we're not communicating to that person when we think we are, um, yep. easiest example is just using, uh, industry terms and, and we all know it cause we talk back and forth, uh, you sure. know, dealers talk with reps, talk with other dealers, et cetera. And there's a lot of industry terms we use. That homeowner has no idea what we're talking about when we say certain words. Yeah. And you have to take a step back, look from the outside in, and, and that's how you get your point across, your sales across. 
Um, and that's why one thing I, I really drill into uh, dealers every day, especially salespeople, is I see so many oversell. Yeah. And it, it's it's just, I understand why. And, and they're very, everybody's proud of their knowledge. You know, we've, we've spent a lot of time studying and, and learning and we want to get that out. But you have to understand, is that what the customer is looking for? So when I put in my article, listen and ask questions 80% of the time, sell 20%. Uh, that's the, just the easiest way I could explain it to someone, you know, when they're selling. You know, it's f- so funny. You talk about the 80-20 thing. So I just finished reading a book by Jim Collins called Great by Choice, and it was tremendous. And in the book, he profiled these companies that performed a minimum of 10 times better than comparison companies in their industry during tumultuous periods of either like high regulation, change in technology, these, these real, you know, kind of uh, up and down times. And what was so interesting about the companies that they profiled, the ones that had the tremendous success, they actually operated out of a standard playbook that they were always looking at, but slowly changing. It goes to your 80-20 thing that that they would make changes in the way that they did business. They were, they were willing to do that, but they spent a lot of time looking and analyzing and thinking, okay, why does this work? What would be the ripple effects of if we change this? Not that they were afraid to make a decision because they made decisions when they needed to, but the idea of if you can spend 80% of your time looking and then 20% making those changes, those changes will probably be a lot more impactful and you're probably going to know the why a lot better than if you just change, 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 change and you never look holistically at what's going on. True, true. It's, 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 that's so true, Tim. Uh, it, it, we have to look at our, our businesses from the customer. I mean, let, let's face it. We're not selling to ourselves. We're selling to them. And if we don't speak their language, if we don't understand their language, we can't sell to them. So certain things we'll use every day, you know, the skills we, we incorporate over the years. And, and there's things that are, are tried and true and always work. But every sales pr- approach, every business plan, every how we operate our business, how we set up our business, everything is just it, it's constantly tweaked. And I don't want to say change because that's not, probably not the word I'm looking yeah. for. Because you don't have to completely change something, but tweak it. Tweak it to how things are changing. I mean, let's face it. Uh, back in the 80s, you could have walked in a showroom and you really didn't have to do much selling. You had stoves sitting on uh, pallets, pallets. Yeah. you know, in the middle of, of your showroom and nobody thought anything about it. They just walked up and said, yeah, I'm just what I'm looking for. Uh, what do you got? Well, I got this right here. Okay, I'll take it. Well, that's long gone. Um, you know, everything's about impression. Uh, you know, from from the time that they Google your business to look up your website to when they pull in your parking lot, uh, right down to even uh, the simplest things is when they use your bathroom. Yeah. I mean, you hit you hit in the article of would you buy from you, you, you alluded to it just now, the idea of we have to research our companies. And I love in this article, you talk about from the get-go, we're not even to the showroom yet. We'll get to that in a little while. It starts on the internet, right? Like, 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 like if we if we want to find out would someone buy from us, we got to Google our company, right? Uh, absolutely. If you think about it, every day, what do we do? We're, we're glued to our phones. Every single person today uh, has a phone. And what do they do when they're buying just about anything. It doesn't matter if they're going out for dinner, uh, they're buying a fireplace, uh, they're buying a new car. It doesn't matter. They Google something. 
So they'll Google it and whatever comes up, they look at it. Star ratings, um, yeah. reviews. Um, what, what does the website look like? Uh, is there any articles on that company? Uh, yeah. Just about anything. And that can actually make or break them from using your company. So all these things are just ways we need to do our best to get them into our store. Because that's our ultimate goal. No matter how much advertising we do, no matter what we do, the goal is to get them in front of our salespeople to make a sale. So if you can't get them to your showroom, you have to ask yourself why. Well, it's so true. I mean, what you said about the website, I mean, whether we like it or not, our, our website, you know, it's not necessarily being compared against is is it better than our the dealers down the street it's that the consumer was just on the bmw website they were just on the tesla website or the whole foods website and now they're on yours and if yours looks like a third grader made it then there's a judgment that they make about your company it doesn't matter how good you are the, the quality of work that you do it's 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 that the perception is i mean for better or for worse our websites are being judged against the best websites in the world that people go to. And we have to remember that. And my big thing is I just feel like having like a clean and simple website, you can never go wrong with that. But on the review side as well, like, you know, I give this example a lot, but like if me and Jessica want to go get Thai food for date night, we're going into Google maps and just punching in Thai food. And, and if a place comes up at 3.1, I'm not spending nine bucks on my Thai food, much less five thousand dollars on an appliance for my house you know it's like the cost of entry to get into the game is probably at that like 4.2 4.3 level correct it's it's something you have to be um, aware of and you have to be constantly on on top of because it's how people judge you and and you know people judge judge other people every day just from the simplest things but when they don't know you the only way they can judge you is by looking you up So what comes up first is a big thing, you know, and even with websites, you know, you, you touched on it. I totally agree. Make sure it's, it's a good website and it's gives, gives all the pertinent information, but don't make it too confusing. If people get confused, they shut down. So if there's, if they have to go through multiple pages to find what they want and, and um, maybe you have a service company and, now all those drop down boxes you know, come in. Uh, it's just so much. Um, I even talk to some dealers and say, "Hey, if you've got a service company, have it on your website, but have a separate website. So just a link. Yeah. If they come to your fireplace website, they're looking for a fireplace. Oh, I'm I'm so glad you said that, Edmund. Oh, because it's and I'm I'm just gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on this super quick, like. Even the idea of fireplaces and barbecues, like if they go to your fireplace website, they don't care that you sell barbecues. If they go to your barbecue website, they don't care that you sell fireplaces. You want you want them to have a way to interconnect, but when they go to your fireplace website, it's because they want a fireplace. Yeah, I I see some websites, and, and 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 as a rep, it's something that I have a discussion a lot of times with my dealers. You know, we you know sit down and we say, hey, when's the last time you looked at your websites? Um, oh, I don't know. I have a guy that does it. Okay, great. Let's bring it up. And we look at it. And I, I like when you have that aha moment when they look at it and they go, huh. And my response is, well, if you did, huh, that means you saw something you didn't like. And maybe the homeowner did too. So there's no reason you should have a front page with fireplaces, barbecues, fire pits, stone, tile, yeah. grills, patio furniture, everything. everything. 
It's what fireplace websites, fireplace website. You can have a link on there if you want, if you're looking totally. for girls, totally. let's go to here. Yep. And that's great. They know that you have it. You know, there's something on there about yep. it, but it's not taking up all their time and you're not confusing yeah. them. Oh, Edmund, we could go on this for days. I, I, I so agree with that idea of the specific landing pages for dedicated products. We'll get back to our conversation with Edmund Poplowski in just one second. Hey, if you've been listening to this conversation and thinking about, man, how do I come across to customers? I'll tell you that one of the biggest ways that we make it difficult to buy from us is with our estimate process. And if you want a way to provide clean, quick estimates for your customers, you have got to take a look at Wi-Fi. Now, you've heard me talk about this, but I'm telling you, imagine if your giant stack of estimates went away and you were not backlogged on getting your quotes out to customers. Wi-Fi is a tool that provides instant, customized estimates. And here's the way it works. When, when you go in to provide your estimate, you select your product, you put in some basic details about the customer situation, and Wi-Fi will put together a customized package of parts for that customer. Now, you can choose to send that as is, or you can go in to modify it and remove pieces of pipe, add in new vent pieces, finalize that number, and get it sent out. But this is something that we have found to be an absolute game changer. When we think about it, our time should be spent helping customers and solving problems, not sitting in front of five different price books trying to find the SKU number for this particular piece of vent pipe just for the customer to say, oh, can you bid it in a different color? And you have to start all over. When I secret shop different businesses around the country, the truth is that I am rarely given a good experience of, of getting an estimate. And a lot of the time, it's because a team member is too busy to take me seriously as a customer. So if you want to give customers an incredible experience and start pumping out more estimates than ever, you've got to go to wifire.com. That's W-H-Y-F-I-R-E.com. So we talked about, you know, if, if we're asking the question, would you buy from you? We have to start by researching our company. The next thing, and this is going to go into what was alluded earlier, in the article, you talk about visit your own showroom. And this doesn't mean, you know, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I visit my showroom every day. No, no, no. Like, you got to visit your showroom like a customer. Can you talk about this? Yeah. So, so like I said before, when we do things every day, we just don't notice things, you know, because we, we're, we're focused on a million things. So the things we do every day, we're not as focused on. They just, we just kind of go right past them, walk past them, don't think about them. So when you walk in your showroom every day, you just probably, you pull in, you park your car, you know, you didn't even think about, maybe you stopped for coffee on the way, way to the showroom. You didn't think about anything. You, you pulled in, you went in the back door, uh, you got in, you went into your office, uh, you sat down, you started your day. Okay, well, what did you miss? Well, actually a lot because you didn't do anything that the customer does. So how are you going to make decisions for your business Yeah, if you're not constantly on top of what your customers are doing, seeing, wanting? I mean, it could be the simplest thing is, is you pulling up for the first time to the front of your business and going, huh, I got an electronic sign. Why is the bulb out in there? <laughs> like that. And you say to somebody, well, how long has that been out? Oh, I don't know. Or then you get the worst is when you get somebody, oh, it's been out for like six months. Well, why hasn't somebody taken care of it? Oh, well, we didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just the littlest thing. Be your customer. So yeah. if, if you want to know, will somebody buy from you? 
be your customer. Yeah. When, you, when you call in, you know, I, I talked about calling in. Don't call from your cell phone because you probably have caller ID. Um, yeah. The best way is even just have have somebody else call, you know, while you're standing there. Maybe it's your wife that that you know, doesn't isn't part of your business or, or a friend. Yeah. And, you know, just critique your your uh, your, your staff. Um, I just want to make sure I, I highlight this a lot. Don't use it as a reprimand. Yes. Use it as an education. That's this is the point. It's not, oh, well, look what they did wrong. It's no, it's okay. We need to work on that. Yeah. So you don't go and yell at them. You actually go over it with yeah. them. Hey, how are we, you know, maybe we want want to make some changes here on how we answer the phone. Or, you know, did we even answer the phone? Yeah. I mean, there's another one. So it's just little things like that. It's, it's so good. I mean, I'm thinking about Grant Falcon always says that sales is a race to 10 points. And now I don't, I don't know what the point values are for everything, but I do know that if the parking lot is disgusting when I pull up, I'm not getting points, right? But if it's a nice clean parking lot that's been recently striped, like that's, that's subconsciously a point. You know, when I, if, if I walk up and half of the neon sign is not working, I'm not gaining a point for that. I might be losing a point. When I go into the showroom, if I'm not greeted right away, or if there's if there's dust everywhere, that's not getting me a point. And then I like observing salespeople because how could I say this? When I say, would you sell to you or would you buy from you? Some of them go into that, like, what are you looking for? Oh, great. Let me show you these. And they start talking about the product and they're all going on for like 15, 20 minutes. And I'll watch the customer and their their eyes are starting to roll because they're just getting like bombarded with all this information and they didn't even have a chance to, you know, to, to ask questions or to even explain what they want. Um, you know, like I, I mentioned the article, it's, it's, it's famous. It happens almost all the time. Well, we're looking for an insert. Okay, great. Can I ask you a few questions? Not, well, great. Let me take you to over to these inserts. It's like, yeah, well, that's not what yeah. I was looking for. Cause I don't have a fireplace. Don't you? I want one of those things you insert into the wall. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a fireplace. Now I just wasted my time, their time, and and it, it just it, it's it's a long process. So ask questions, yeah. know your customer. I always say this: if you've got a story that works works a lot, use it. Um, you know, maybe you ask them a bunch of questions and and you found out a little bit about their home and what they're looking for, and you just sold. I don't I don't care if it was five years ago. You sold someone something. In that same situations, they don't know when you sold yeah. to them. You tell the story. Yeah, stories tell that story. people remember. Stories sell because it makes it, it brings it all together. Well, you know what? That's great. Uh, you know, Mrs. Jones, we sold her this unit right here. And she was telling me this and this and this. And you tied in with what they told you. Um, would you like to see some pictures of that job? Oh, that'd be great. Well, let me show you them. And you know, I'm a fan of having a tablet on a, on a showroom floor because all your information is at your fingertips. You know, you can bring them back to the, to the, the sales area at any given time, but um, it gives you more like right in front of you. So I'll have a little, I'd have a little Dropbox or a little uh, sec, you know, part of my tablet where I could bring up those pictures and go, how do you like this? Is this what you were looking for? Oh my God, that's exactly what we we're looking for. You could do that. Yeah, we can do that. No problem. Your sales done. I mean, it's it's over. <laughs> you know, they didn't even ask you how much. What's so good that you just talked about is like this is the reason that people buy fireplaces. And and 
I think about this a lot. Like I am all for a bunch of different log sets and decorative fronts and two stage burners. I'm for all those things. They all have a, they all have a time and place and function. But the truth is that people buy a fireplace, not because of those things. They buy it because a team member can help capture a vision of what they want their room to look like or feel like and show it and show them that they can help make it a reality. Absolutely. And, and all those features can be part of the process to help that but those features in and of themselves they mean nothing it's it's exactly what you just said of oh my gosh edmund you know we had a customer a couple years ago that had almost the exact same situation this is what they had in their home let me grab my tablet here i I just want to show you how this project turned out and exactly what you said oh my gosh tim like you can do that for us yeah we can absolutely do that this is the fireplace that we use for it like you know i mean like the sale's done it's it's done they people are looking at fireplaces. They're looking for it more as a piece of furniture, a fixture, a focal point, more than ever. How many people this last year and a half, they said to their you know, significant other, uh, oh my God, honey, does that fireplace always look like that? <laughs> When's the last time we used that? Does that even work? That's really good. I want to ask you this, this one last question, Edmund. So in your article, you highlighted something that I thought was really good. So in addition to researching your company and visiting your showroom, you actually say, buy something from your showroom. I, I love that idea. I'll, I've got a story I want to tell after this, but I want to first just listen, like talk to me about this idea of buying something from your own store. Well, if, if you think about it, what does a homeowner do every day? You know, they come in your showroom and they buy something. If, if you, if you're not that person experiencing that homeowner, like putting it, stepping in their shoes, how, how do you, how do you know what, you know, how do you know how they look at it, how they're taking it? So buy something do and do it multiple ways. Um, you know, do it over the phone, you know, try to, you know, buy something over the phone. I don't care what it is. Um, how, how does your staff answer the phone? Uh, how do they answer my questions? Can I make a sale over the phone? I don't care if it's a part. Um, yeah. I don't care if it's a fireplace. I don't care what it is. See, see if they can make a sale over the phone. Then be your customer and buy something. Well, yeah. You, know, you, you, can, you don't have to do it yourself because they might, you know, your staff is, is usually a little more apprehensive when the boss says, hey, sell to me. Sure. It's like, oh boy, uh, <laughs> how do I do that? But watch them, you know, just, just shadow them. You know, how, how did they actually sell? I mean, how, how was the buying experience? Um, and don't forget, the buying experience goes all the way to the very end. And I mean, that is not, that is the install and the follow-up. Yeah. And this is, this is one of the ways I think a lot of people, they don't complete the sale is the only way I could describe it. So if you think about it, you did all this work. Um, you, 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 you actually did all this research, you, you checked on your website, you checked on your ears, you did everything uh, beforehand. You, you walked into your showroom, you, you made sure your showroom was good. Uh, you checked with your staff, you made sure your staff was doing everything right. They were asking the right questions. There was the customer experience was all on this high, all the way through. And you made the sale and you collected the money and the install went and you just never, that was it. Once the sale was done, you, there was never any follow-up. Well, how do you know? You got to remember, you're high, 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 high. If that install, something went bad on it, now that that just went down. Yeah. And that's the last thing that they've experienced at your company. So what happens with that? Um, are they going to gain you more customers? Are they going to give you a good referral? 
Are they going to talk to their you know friends at their next meeting and say, yeah, you know, I went and bought this fireplace and it was great. But man, when they came and did that install, oh, those guys didn't do this or, you know, um, I overheard them talking about this or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you don't know. And, and I'm not saying that that happened, but it, it, it does. So I think the follow-up is great. So every salesperson honestly should at least, if not at minimum, call the customer to thank them and make sure see how everything went. I think they should take it further and actually ask for reviews, especially if, if the customer's on a high. Oh, I agree. I mean, what's the best time yeah. to ask? You know, you call to thank me for my business. So it's like, oh my God, this is great. They're actually calling me. Thank me. Nobody does that anymore. And I had a, I love it. This fireplace is more than I could ever imagine. Um, You guys were great. You know what? Thank you so much. Can you do me a favor? Would you possibly be able to, you know, give me a review? Absolutely. You guys were fantastic. Great. If you stopped it right there, they might give you one. They might not. Life gets busy. Things go on. Well, you know what? How about this? Is this a good email for you? Oh yeah, that's my email. Could I send you a link to 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 review site just to make it easier for you? Sure, sure, you could send it that. Hey, do, are you in front of your computer? You know, can you can you open it up? I just want to make sure you got that email, or even on your phone. So uh, good. I just want to make sure you got that. Yep, yep. Hold on, let me. Oh yeah, I got it. Great, great. You got it. Fantastic. Um, can you can you click on it? You know, yeah. Make sure it opens. Great. Great. You know what? Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking this time. If, if you could take a few seconds, just leave me that review right now. That'd be great. I really appreciate it. What are they going to do? They already got their email open. They got the link open. They're on the site. They're going to do it. Edmund, so good. So good. You know, it's funny. This happened. This is a, a few years ago, probably five years ago. Um, when you said the idea of actually buy something from your store, I would say go buy something from your competitor store. So this happened probably five years ago. We had a major competitor in town that did really, really good work. And I called him up and I tried to schedule a, a service appointment for my own fireplace. And I figured I'll pay whatever it is, 100, 200, 300 bucks. I don't care. I'm, I'm going to book it. I'm going to see how they do. I'm going to have them clean my fireplace and I'm just going to see how the experience was. And I called him. And I said, "Hey, I'd like to I'd like to schedule a uh, like a maintenance or you know a, a cleaning repair on my fireplace." And they said, um, "You know, we don't offer those." And I was like, "Really? You don't you don't maintain any fireplaces?" And they said, "No, we don't." And I just said, "Even if I bought it from you," and they said, "No." And I was like, "Oh, okay. What do you recommend?" And the lady was like, "Oh, you know, we have a couple different people you could call, and here's a phone number." And I was like, that's pretty amazing insight. So I went back to my sales team and I said, uh, yeah, these, these guys sell a lot of products, but do you realize that they don't service anything they sell? Even if you bought it from them, they don't service it. We can find a way to talk about that. You know, uh, It's not throwing them under the bus. Like I legitimately called them and they're the ones that said we don't do this. And it's, it's amazing what you find out if, if you call. And, and frankly, like even if, if they would have serviced it, I would have paid the price and just observed. Like, do they do a good job to where we got to step up our game on the service end? But I didn't get that chance because they didn't do service work. T- totally agree. It's, it's that old saying, uh, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Um, <laughs> not that your competitors are your enemies, but they're your competitors. Yeah. So you, you really should know what are they doing? Are they doing something better than you? Or are they doing some things worse than you? So if they're doing better than you, you step up your game. If they're doing worse, yeah. you capitalize on those. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's absolutely. I mean, that goes to, 
you know, know your customer, but know your competitor. That's a whole other article we could write one day. <laughs> oh, I love that. Edmund, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate you being on the podcast. I think people are going to get a ton of value out of this conversation. Well, Tim, thanks for uh, having me. And anytime, I, I love the magazine, love the industry, and, and it's just, it's so exciting to, to write for it. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Edmund Poplowski. You know, anytime you can take a look at, at how your business comes across to potential customers and, and make changes, I guarantee that you're going to be better for it. So there were so many nuggets in that conversation. I mean, this idea of researching your company. I mean, this is this is really simple, but you know, do that Google search. And frankly, like I would probably try to do this every month or so. And when you do the Google search, I would do it in a regular browser and also do it in a private browser so that that way it doesn't know your preferences or your location. And that way you can get a more unbiased search. You know, after that, visit your showroom. Whenever I go to do consulting gigs with companies, a lot of the time we'll be looking at the showroom and design and layout. How do they do pricing? And what we always do is we want to walk into the store through the front door. We want to park just like a customer. I'll never forget in the Midwest this happened where I was with the business owner and we were going to go, we met early to, to go through the showroom and we, we pulled up and we were going to go in the side of the building and I said, no, we got to go in the front. And we went to go, you know, walk in the front door and it was really eye-opening to see it that way. So this is a really big deal of visiting your showroom. Take a look at the things on display and just think about like, how is a customer going to see this? Edmund mentioned early on the idea of the bathroom. And I, I mean, I cannot agree enough. This is a big deal. And frankly, a lot of the bathrooms in our showrooms are disgusting. I mean, just straight up, they are disgusting. So first off, if, you're, if your bathroom is a high-traffic bathroom, it needs to be cleaned twice a day. I'm not joking, twice a day. If your bathroom is you know, only used by you know, limited staff on the showroom floor and your customers, once a day is okay, but I'm telling you, that bathroom needs to be cleaned every single day. This is such a big deal. And, and I mean... In, in my old showroom in Beaverton, Oregon that we used to work in, probably seven years ago, I read a book that's called Two Second Lean. And I actually would like to get the author of this book on the podcast at some point because he's amazing. But one thing that he talked about is the idea of the way that your bathroom looks is a reflection of the rest of your company. And, and as I read it, I thought, my goodness, this is true. Like if we ignore the bathroom, what other details are we going to ignore? And so we literally made a bathroom cleaning chart. It, it was a, it was a laminated piece of, you know, eight and a half by 11 paper that had basically eight steps to clean the bathroom. We posted it publicly in the bathroom with dry erase markers and every single day, that bathroom would get cleaned and customers could see what was done that day and who the team member was that did it. And we would have customers comment about it. I mean, no joke. We had, we had a customer one time go in, use the bathroom and come out just talking about how clean it was and how they were just in a competitor's showroom and that competitor's bathroom was not like ours. I mean, they mentioned that specifically and those customers ended up buying. This is a big deal. And as, as, as literally the first thing that we would do for new hires, we would train them on how to, on how to clean the bathroom. Now, I'll tell you a, a horrible story and I'll, and I'll try to edit it, but I was on the East Coast 
fairly recently for an event that was going on at a very high-profile dealer. And this dealer had a big showroom. They, they moved a lot of product. And when I was there, the lock on the bathroom door in the showroom didn't work. And suffice to say, multiple times, people were getting walked in on in the showroom bathroom. And this is this is the craziest part. I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's almost a joke by the end of this thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Like, we got to go just down to Lowe's and get a doorknob for 12 bucks. But I'm not joking. So the very last day I had to go change clothes. And by this point, I knew that the lock didn't work on the bathroom door. So I'm changing clothes in the bathroom and I'm, and I'm kind of, you know, trying to wedge my suitcase against the, the door to, to create a barrier if someone comes in and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and I'm like, you know, just a minute. And the person says, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, that had to have been a team member of the company because there's no way a customer would know to knock on the door when there's no sign, there's no nothing, right? It's just on the showroom floor. This lock has been broken for six months and, and the team must know about it because they know to knock on the door, but they didn't replace the, the handle or, or make a sign. And uh, when I, you know, when I, when I finished changing clothes and left, sure enough, it was a team member. And, and, and the idea being like, you know, we move fast, but the little things matter, right? You know, if, if, if Mrs. Jones is in the bathroom and, and that lock doesn't work and there's a, you know, unfortunate run in with, with one of the members of your company, they are not buying from you. They're leaving. And so this idea, like, you know, it sounds so small, but like I would start with the bathroom in your showroom. And what we found is by, by making that laminated sign of the eight steps, we just put it on the team members where we would just assign it for different days of the week. And then, and then by the end, like it was just kind of whoever got there first would take care of it. But the bathroom was a really big deal. And I'm telling you that you'll make sales from it. So I don't mean to riff on the bathroom too much, but I believe that that is a litmus test for the details that matter in your company. And, you know, I would just ask yourself, like, what are we going to do about that? And there's a lot of other things you can think about. And would you buy from you? The whole idea of do we provide estimates quickly to customers? How do we answer the phones, right? Do we answer the phone with a smile on our face? I've been in companies sometimes where, you know, they answer the phone and it's like, XYZ fireplaces, how can I help you today? And it has such a tone of arrogance and of annoyance to it. Like, with everything we do, we want to overflow with graciousness to our customers. So there's a lot of ways that you can do this. And my hope is that this conversation gave you a lot to think about and to work on. And, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, it is an article in the August issue of the Firetime magazine. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's firetime. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's firetime. For those of you that support this podcast month in and month out, it is incredible. We don't take it lightly and we use the funds to outsource some of the administrative work so that we can focus on just continuing to provide high level content and, and, and make the sound and the production of this better and better so that you and your team get value. Now, as you go out into the week, we are in the heart of the busy season. My hope for you is that you can take one of these principles and put it into action. Maybe it's researching your company. Maybe it's visiting your showroom like a customer. Maybe it's cleaning your bathroom. But any one of those things will pay off. And I hope that you can execute on that this week and see amazing results from it. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. 
To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.